You're listening to OMAG All Access, a podcast about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma. Hosted by OMAG Risk Management Specialist, Kip Richard. You know, being a parent, I'm always concerned with, you know, kids want to ride their bikes and we take them to, you know, parks to to ride their bikes sometimes. And, and these Parks are, are made for that. But what other kind of signage should we have available to users of the park so that they are better informed and uh, understand the risk involved? Uh, what are your recommendations for that? Well, number one, that a helmet is required. Helmet is required. And number two, uh, directional arrows on the trail so that users know what direction the trail is going and what direction to travel, and then a sign that that provides trail etiquette. So that means who has the right-of-way, whether it's a pedestrian, whether it is a cyclist, maybe some uh, municipal trails might be equestrian, might have runners, hikers. Uh, So who has the right-of-way, whether they're coming uphill, downhill, and whether they're expected to go the same direction on the trail. That is a a matter of pretty great debate of whether walkers should go the same or opposite direction from trail riders. And I'll tell you, earphones uh, and ear has caused that issue because walkers and runners and hikers may not be able to hear a, a cyclist coming up behind them uh, and vice versa. That's a really good point. And, you know, I like the idea of having that information out there for them, making sure that people have a clear understanding. Single-use trail, that, is that a main term? Is, does that mean that it only goes one direction? Is uh, Kind of explain what single-use trail means. Well, a single-use trail is going to be only for one purpose. So if okay. it's a mountain bike single-use trail, it's only for mountain biking. Um, if it's a multi-use trail system, then it's for hiking, walking, running, cycling, and then you could add equestrians into that. Generally, equestrians and mountain biking trails don't go together. Hooves do quite a bit of damage to the trail system. And if you're going at a good clip uh, on a bike, you can uh, wreck pretty easily if you catch a, a big old hoof. That, that's <laughs> a good point. And uh, in my research, I, I saw that we have several trails that are multi-purpose, you know, like you said, hikers, bikers, equestrian, you know, looky lures. What about uh, liability waivers? What is your thoughts on that? As an attorney, uh, and a property owner uh, there's that has a mountain bike trail on it, yes, yes, yes. You, you know, try and get your users to sign a waiver. These days with technology, it's the easiest thing to do. You can you know, have a QR code. You can go to a website and fill that out. But it also provides information to the user that this is an inherently dangerous sport, that By engaging in it and riding on the trail, you are risking injury to self, others, and property. And also with all of the additional uh, trail features that are being built, the man-made structures, jumps, berms, people need to know and acknowledge that they're going to ride within their capabilities. They can only do so much to make the trail safe for everyone. If you're assuming the risk of injury, 
and damage to your property by riding on the trail, then you also should be able to give assurances to the individuals that are and entities that are constructing and maintaining that trail that you're going to do so responsibly. Do you also recommend, as far as the type of bike, it sounds like you need a specialized bike for these uh, more technical type trails. Yeah, I mean... Do we need to put that on signage, I guess? No, I mean, it's not something that... um, you know, I'd like to say, well, it's common sense, but it isn't. It's not something that you see on signage, but there are different technical areas of mountain bikes. And in Oklahoma, uh, there you really don't need um, dual suspension mountain bikes. So that has a shock on the front fork, and then it has another shock that basically allows the bike to pivot in the back rear triangle to absorb big bumps and rocks and things. There are only a couple of trail systems that I'm familiar with in Oklahoma that you really need a dual suspension mountain bike. Otherwise, a hardtail bike is that doesn't have the, the shock in the rear is sufficient for the majority of the trails in Oklahoma because the more majority of the trails in Oklahoma are considered cross-country trails. You know, we only have the one mountain. But we do have some elevation change. But what is critically important is that you ride a bike that's in good mechanical condition. We kind of chuckle in the, you know, mountain biking community about Walmart bikes. It's not about the price of the bike. It's not about, you know, the quality of the bike. But quite often it's about the the construction of the bike. It's the um, assembly of the bike that they're not assembled by people that are trained properly in how to assemble a bike. And so for anyone that's going to take their first adventure on a mountain bike trail on your bike, take it to a local bike shop. Take it in and they'll take a look at it. They'll tighten everything up and make sure that it's functioning properly because that is one of the, the number one things that leads to injury is a mechanical malfunction on your bike. And I don't want to take my Walmart Huffy to the bike uh, trail without first taking it to a professional bike shop. Right. I mean, there are people that that win races, uh, very competitive races on a bike that they bought from a big box store, but they're very well maintained. OMAG All Access would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. For your time, we would like to offer you the chance to win a pair of OMAG All Access Bluetooth headphones. To enter, all you have to do is head to www.omag.org forward slash all access and click on the corresponding image at the top of the screen. The password for each episode will change, so make sure you are always up to date on the newest episode of OMAG All Access by subscribing with your favorite podcast app. The password for this episode is Trails. Follow the directions on the giveaway page and you will be entered. Good luck. Kind of getting back, and I can't remember if I talked about this or not, but uh, should a municipality seek out a partner organization like the OEF if they undertake this? And as far as maintaining the trails after a storm, making sure we haven't got washout, clearing any broken branches and trees that have fallen in the trailways, is that a good idea for municipalities to have somebody help them get that done with their volunteer group? You know, I think so. Having worked for a municipality for 17 years and knowing budgetary constraints, 
manpower shortages, job vacancies. There's a lot of work to be done uh, in groundskeeping in a municipality. And anything that you can do to get someone else to take responsibility, then I think you know, that, that would be encouraged. But a plus side of mountain biking is that you have the people who are going to be there day in, day out, and absolutely love the sport and are invested in sustainable trail systems. Generally, how this goes is it's not a municipality that says, hey, you know, I think we want mountain bike trails. Generally, it's a volunteer group that approaches the municipality and says, hey, you've got this land over here that's not being used, and I see some great lines in there that I want to cut in a mountain bike trail. Can I do that? And so at that point, when a municipality is approached by a volunteer group, they want to do that, then you know, I advise them to check in with the resources that, that I've talked about here. You know, my contact information, for sure, anyone can contact me or go to uh, okearthbike.com and uh, to our website and look for resources and IMBA, I-M-B-A dot com, and, and to get some help and guidance there. But for sure, it helps with the maintenance and construction of the trail. But then on top of that, and the with the municipalities that OEF has dealt with, they've required insurance, liability coverage, both for participants using the trail system, but then also for the volunteers in trail construction. I only know a couple of mountain bikers who have never broken their clavicle. Knock on wood, I can count myself in that. But I took my husband on a mountain bike trail in Lake Carl Blackwell, and he broke his clavicle and a tib-fib fracture. And, you know, some people just don't have good judgment. <laughs> uh, so always having a additional liability coverage, and there are, you know, those policies available is a bonus. Well, it sounds to me like having a mountain bike trail system is a, a pretty good way to get economic development in your municipality, you know, bringing people in from out of state, bringing people from in-state, even your your own constituency, being able to have this, this service. But there is some responsibility involved in maintaining the program properly, putting up signage, uh, you know, and having the waiver systems. Anything else that you can think of that you would like to share with our audience? No, I mean, other than the city of Claremore has a great partnership program with uh, our OEF chapter up there, and it's just a great example of a volunteer group coming together and building a trail system in partnership with uh, parks and recreation of the city of Claremore, but then also the county government is also helping them with just raw materials with wood and dirt. And there's been quite a significant impact on the city of Claremore and its economic development. I know people in the Oklahoma City metro area down in Medicine Park and Lawton that will drive five and six hours to go ride the trails in Claremore. And they'll choose Claremore over going to Bentonville, which is only another hour hour drive right. because of saturation of the trail systems in Bentonville and Claremore offers just as much. Also, the river, I believe it's the River Parks Authority in Tulsa, mm -hmm. is redoing Turkey Mountain Trails uh, with a national trail design company called Progressive Trail Design, and that's having a big impact on Tulsa as well. So there's just opportunity everywhere for municipalities and economic development with natural trail systems that, that people will drive to ride and spend money in your city for bike parts, for 
maintenance at the local bike shop for um, nutrition supplements. Uh, not to mention, uh, you know, going to lunch before, going and grabbing a beer after. It, it's it's just a great opportunity for municipalities. Yes, I saw recently that uh, the city of Bartlesville is getting ready to develop with OEF a trail system up at Lake Hudson. Uh, they're just outside of Bartlesville. I'll be excited to see how that goes. Thank you so much for your time coming in today and telling us about this. And if anybody has any questions and would like to get in touch with Paula or they have concerns, questions, uh, feel free to give us a call here at OMAG. Uh, 1-800-234-9461. My name is Kip Pritchard in the Risk Management Services Department, and we'll get you in touch with Paula or we'll work to answer your questions. We hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town. You can find more information about OMAG on our website at www.omag.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic, please send them to allaccess at omag.org. On the next episode of OMAG All Access. This resolution, and, and it's a resolution we can make available to everyone, is really at the end of the process. We have, by the time this is approved, basically finished most of the work. We've gone back to council. We go back to the beginning. What... what gives us the authority to do that, to, to handle it the way we handled it. We have an ordinance that delegates that authority within our spending ordinance that delegates that authority to the city manager that if there is an emergency, he has the authority to sign contracts. There's really not a limit on how much he can spend. There's an obligation to report to council. So over the last four to six weeks, that has occurred. And this resolution is at the end of that process to go back to council and, and remind them we've been reporting on these things. We now want to create the paper trail that summarizes everything that occurred into one document. And it really is for the purpose of allowing council to confirm this is what we've been doing for the last six weeks. We're going to create an audit trail that finds the findings that are necessary to justify how we got to this point. With everyone knowing throughout the process, this is what we're doing. This is what we're going to get to. This episode is copyright OMAG 2022 under the Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.